welcome to this We Are Top of the League Progress with Unity podcast. It's another Sunday, we've had another triumph, and we're marching our way through August, September, into October, like a team on fire. Good afternoon, Adam. Good afternoon, Paul. Good, Good afternoon, afternoon Barry. Barry. Fantastic game yesterday, fantastic result for the lads. 2-0 down in Gillingham, a place where we've not won for donkey's years. 17 years. Yeah, that's the one, Adam. I think we'll start with Adam, because you were the man on the spot. You braved the weather conditions, you braved the five-hour trip. Yeah, the trip down there was was good, really. good. Made good time. Set off at half seven, uh, having a pub lunch at half twelve. Steak, pine chips, gravy, side order of chicken wings, a couple of pints. We were going to walk to the grounds because uh, we weren't too far away, but then we looked out the window. The weather was absolutely horrendous, so we got as close as we could to the ground. Fortunately, I paid that extra £2 and I was undercover rather than behind the goal. But it was still a really good atmosphere, very close to the to the action. You know, even that there were 450 of us or something like that, but, you know, it felt like there was a decent following, which it was really, wasn't it, for that such a long trip. Yeah, we had 10% of the gear. I'll talk about the crowd straight away. 4,500. That isn't official. Uh, I've been told 4,503. We had approximately 450, which is 10%. So not a bad not a bad turnout for, like you say, a long trip and horrendous weather. The goals, fantastic uh, move down the left-hand side. The crossing was was really good. Yeah, it's good. good bit of jinking, wasn't it, from McLean? You know, nice for him to be contributing towards a goal and... Nice for Max to, as he's commented in the post-match interviews, to uh, stick his head on one and put right the mistake he made on, on Wednesday. I was obviously on that side where McLean's wing player was as well, so it was a great, great uh, view. Yeah, it was a bit of a relief, really, in a way. It was a bit of a funny one because it was a bit of a bitty game. You know, it, it, one of those that you you could you could have seen it go into a nil nil or maybe them nicking a one nil. So when we got that goal, it's that it's that bit of relief and then the excitement of the goal and then yeah, you know, you were pretty confident then we were going to win the game. But fair play to you know both sides in terrible conditions. You know, made made it a decent game. You have to you have to earn the right to win these games. They're not going to roll over the likes of Gillingham and. Uh, and we did that. We've got we've got the right personnel, which you know I thought I thought Cousins had his best game for me in in midfield. Will Keane's goal again doing that left hand side. Gavin Massey just come on, played an f- absolute beautiful ball. I mean, he picked it up first of all, then he turned, uh, dribbled with it, and then played a beautiful ball for uh, Tendai Riqua, fed yeah. him in between two defenders. And, and a good cross. And what a finish from Keane. Like you say, it's all in that through ball, isn't it? I mean, the finish, you just have to pick the man out as you cross um, and then he just has to slot it on. It's all in that through ball that just completely takes <sighs> off the ball back. Well worth looking uh, looking up if you haven't already. Because like you say, it's an absolute peach of a through ball. Did it surprise you, Adam, just how quickly Gav, big Gav got, got into the game? I mean, he'd only been on a matter of minutes, hadn't he? And he was straight in the thick of the action. Yeah, he did really well. I mean, you know that I've always liked Massey anyway. You know, I think he's he's still got something in that he can contribute to us. And I think, to be honest, I think I think on that really, really heavy pitch, if you can get your fresh legs on and you can get the ball early, it must be hard for, pe- for, for players who've been playing for 75 minutes on that heavy pitch. If you've got someone like Massey who can come on and, you know, run with it, run with it. He's quite strong as well. 
and he had the vision to pick Dereko out. Again, really positive that so late in the game, you know, we've got Dereko there, still overlapping. Great finish from Will Keane, uh, our Republic of Ireland international. When you look at the way how settled the team is and how settled the substitutions have been, you know, for a few weeks, you, you've known that Stevie Humphreys, Jordan Jones and Gwen Edwards are the ones coming on. Now Gavin Mass has put himself into that group, hasn't he? As, as being a substitute thrown on um, to try and improve it. So, yeah, fair play to him. Yeah, I think it just signifies that we've got, you know, a bit of strength in depth, which is what, what you need to carry you through the season. And, and talking about the performers uh, there with, with Gavin and Matt Gavin Massey, etc. For me, yesterday was probably Jordan Cousins' best game for us. Thought he was outstanding in midfield. Broke a load of stuff up. Max Power had, a, had a, a, another solid game. Kel Watts angled everything. Those two big strikers threw at him, Oliver and uh, uh, John Akinde. I think we've got to mention Ben Amos in goals. I mean, one of the saves was just out of this world. He is that sort of keeper, can't he? He, can, he made a couple the other night, exceptional uh, saves the other night. And I think he's that sort of keeper that generally solid, but unlike maybe other keepers that we've had, he can also make those match-winning saves. Tough game for him yesterday. He was bombarded and he had the odd moments, like, like all keepers do. But generally speaking, his keeping was solid. Like you said, he saves one of them with his legs. Like a Robles save, that. There was another effort what got caught in the wind, weren't there? There was a cross coming from, from the right in the first half and the wind caught it and nearly sent it under the bar, but he reacted well to it and, and tipped it over. Man of the match, while we're talking about performances... The Progress with USA podcast listeners, Man of the Match, has voted for by our listeners on both Twitter and on Facebook. It was a close run take. Well, it wasn't close in the end. At one point, it was looking close between Jordan Cousins and the eventual winner, Max Power. But he ended up with double the voters as second place Jordan Cousins. So thoroughly deserved accolade for Maxie again. That's his first of the year, is it? First podcast Man of the Match of the year, I think. It is, but he's been a he's been a steady for me, a steady seven point five out of ten all all season so far, if not an eight. Yeah, seven point seven eight. Seven point seven nine. The away end and the fans I wanted to talk about a little bit. Gillingham, it's a notorious ground for that away end. You look at it and then you think to yourself, this is two thousand and twenty one, it's not nineteen twenty one. What on earth? Why is there no cover? And also, is it like a temporary standard? I've never been to Gillingham. Yeah. Well, but- it looks it looks like those. They put them up, uh, they often put them up at the cricket, you know, then these temporary stands. It looks like one of, it looks like one of those, but it would unfortunately I think it was a temporary stand in nineteen twenty four. And it's not really done. It's just really bizarre when you actually look at it from behind the, the the stand. It just doesn't look like it should even be up. It looks like it looks like you're a bit concerned if you sit on it whether it's going to collapse or yeah, something. Looks no, like some dodgy scaffolding. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, look. At the end of the day, there's not loads of money floating around, and you know, if they just don't have that cash to do it, they don't have it to do it, and. I suppose a lot of the time there'll be certain clubs who'll travel in numbers, but it's a long trip. So unless they're playing like one of the London clubs or one of the massive clubs, I suppose they don't utilise it as much. And um, you know, most of the most of the fans yesterday were actually sat on the side. But yeah, Presto with the uh, might have been because of the numbers. The the service was very quick and uh, good quality toilets as well, which was surprising. You thought they were going to be like Springfield Park, but for me, I'd say that nine out of ten for the toilets. You can't be a good quality toilet, especially on an away trip. 
<laughs> After the game yesterday, I received uh, a phone call from BBC Manchester asking would I like to speak about Wigan Athletic. So I said, yeah, why not? Go on then. And uh, before I went on, they had Bolton on, a Bolton fan, Andrew from Bolton. Now, I, I've not got into all this other club knocking like a lot of uh, supporters have, you know, with Bolton and Sunderland and that. But talk about deluded this guy who was on before me. He was talking about how Bolton played the best football in the entire EFL, not just in League One, but the entire EFL. How they can go toe-to-toe with any club, including championship clubs. <laughs> he also mentioned the fact that the challenges this season are Sheffield Wednesday, Ipswich Town, Sunderland, Portsmouth and possibly Sheffield Wednesday. No mention whatsoever of Wigan Athletic, who was sitting top of the table at this particular moment <laughs> in time. He mentioned Hevert, Ian Hevert, and the guy from BBC Radio Manchester likened Evert to Pep Guardiola. At this stage, I had to turn the radio off because I was laughing that hard. Obviously, I went on and I tried to give a right of reply immediately. Uh, I had my say. My goodness. <laughs> roll, all I can say is roll on the 16th of October. They're in for a bit of a shock. Yeah. I've had that before because you have to when you ring when you ring up you have to listen in, don't you, for a bit if you're on the phone and you're listening in. And, and I was early on in the season, I was waiting. It always seems that we're on right at the end. It's a bit like we the old match of the day slot, you know, <laughs> five minutes before the end, and you just stick you just stick Wigan on. I could understand City and United having great level of prominence, but to me, Wigan and Bolton should be equal prominence. And I don't know how many commentaries we've had this season, but I, I think it's very few. Which I don't understand. They're not, don't understand they're not, they're not equal. Because, I mean, Bolton were the commentary game yesterday when Bolton were playing at home and we were doing one of our longest away tracks. Yeah. So, you know, by rights, we should have been the commentary game. No, I did ask, but they, they come up and they just ignored the fact that you've asked. I, I mean, what it'll be, it'll, it'll be because they keep winning the passing. And, uh, you know, that round-headed manager that they've got, he keeps commenting on the fact that they're winning the passing. That's why they're getting confused with Guardiola because he likes a team that wins the passing. I think we've been winning the passing in most games we've played this season. So we'll, let's yeah, see. But we're, we're winning the goals as well, Barry. That's what counts. Yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. I've got the stats written down. Wait for the Bolton game. It's going to be good. I've got the stats written down for our game yesterday, but to be honest with you, I can't read them. Uh, I've printed them off that small. So, but I think the most important stat from yesterday, yesterday was 2 0 to Wigan Athletic and sitting quite prominently at the top of League One. And Bolton Wanderers fans, if you want to have a look who your challenges are, just look above you. There's six clubs above you. And included in there, there are Wigan Athletic, there's Plymouth Argyle, there's Rotherham, and there's even Wickham Wanderers. So stop getting ahead of yourselves and see where you are in there. I don't understand it. Switch, it's which are 15 points behind Wigan. How would they see there's a rival at the wall? Yeah, they've just played name the biggest club, haven't they? And he was quite, he was quite proud of the fact where they've come from from last year. So I I had to man, uh, mention the fact that we've got three internationals. We've got a game called off because through that reason alone, uh, we're sitting top of the league and go back twelve months and see where we were then with a bunch of crooks trying to buy us and the arse ripped out of our back pockets. Yeah, I think we've come a lot further than what they have in that space of uh, yeah. the, the year. So anyway, 
scuff them. And talking about anniversaries, I've just mentioned there, the last 12 months, eight years ago today, the 3rd of October, 2013, memorable day in Wigan Athletics history, the first Europa game, league game, the first European game that we played at home, Wigan Athletics 3, Maribor 1, goals from Nick Powell, 22 minutes, Ben Watson finishing off a delightful Borsajor left-wing cross in the 34th minute, and then Tavares, who I always thought was a 70s soul band, they managed to score in the 59th minute for Nick Powell to score a bit of a worldie right at the death. Very historic, and it's, it's a good thing for us to celebrate, I think. Was we all there that evening? I know. It was, yeah. It was yeah. Only, only, our only ever European win, wasn't it? <clears throat> it shouldn't have been, but it was. We finished bottom of that group, and I don't know how, because we were, we were as good as the other three sides, weren't we? I'll yeah. tell you how, Paul. Owen Coyle. The mistake he made was the Zulta game at home when he made about eight, nine changes. If we'd have won that game, we'd have, we'd have been through pretty much. And he you know, he just thought, we can get by with this game. And I know Nichols made a couple of hours, didn't he, in that, but the rest of the team just weren't up to it that day. If we'd have played a full-strength side, we'd have taken care of them. And then we'd have probably gone to Maribor and won anyway because they'd have been confident. And we got robbed there by a terrible refereeing decision. So, mm. but anyway, that was eight years ago. So that was yeah. I've just done a little thing on Twitter today, just moving on, uh, which is the players we've signed from non-league during the years. We've signed quite a few players uh, from non-league sides. More so when we was in the late seventies and early eighties, early to mid eighties, we, we seem to be signing quite a few. And I just wondered if you'd like, if Adam and Paul, if you'd like to give me your favourite or best, no, your favourite player that we signed from non-league who's gone on to do something for the Latics. And we'll start with we'll start with Adam. Well, you've got to be looking at someone like uh, Paul Cook. I would say it was my first season. I think when Paul Cook had his best season for us when Norwich wasn't it that came calling to sign him. Even though I remember him his left foot and he went on to have a fantastic career and then obviously clearly came back and one of our most successful managers so I think you've got to you've got to say for me in terms of the impact he's had on Wigan Athletic and the, the standard of his career you've, you've got to say that, that Paul Cook's got to be up there. Do you know where we're signing from Adam? Marine. Marine yeah that's right yeah I knew, I knew it was one of the uh, Liverpool round Liverpool clubs so yeah. Um, I'll go with two Graham Barrow obviously contributed to the club in all kinds of different ways, in all kinds of different roles, basically a lifetime of commitment to the Latics, which you can't knock. And then the other one I'd go for is Brian Griffiths for the famous picture where he's giving the local rivals, you know, the best team in the land, apparently, you know, the Pep Guardiola's Bolton Wanderers, the famous picture where he's giving them the fingers. And if somebody does that in a week and a half, um, then I'll, well, fortnight from now, I'll be happy. We'll move on to Tuesday night, where we are travelling down the M6 to face Crew in the EFL Pizza Trophy. I think that means it's time for a bit of ref watch. Okay, so the ref for Tuesday night's game against Crew is Tom Reeves, who's a Birmingham-based official in his first season working as a, as a football league official. This, therefore, is his first game referee in Latics. Um, this season, Mr. Reeves has refereed eight games, issuing 30 yellows, two reds, and giving one penalty. And his last game was 
yesterday, which again was crew and against Cambridge, and they drew two apiece. And that's Tom Reeves, the ref for Tuesday. Previous meetings against uh, Crew Alex, uh, 34 games, 17 wins, 6 draws, 11 defeats. If you recall, we played Crew away in the EF, EFL Trophy back in 2015. A certain Yannick Wiltshire made his debut for the Latics. One of the greatest strikers in our history, Bodo Lucy, missed an early penalty. But we went on to win the tie 2-3 with goals from Jordi Halula. Uh, and also on that day, there was a wonder goal from Yannick. Interesting, the scorer for one of the scorers for Crew Alex was Ryan Colclough. So, yeah, I've got a bit of a history, but we've got the edge. I was just looking at this, Barry, and uh, it's an interesting question. I don't think we'll get we'll know the answer off the top of our heads, but it's a nice research question. We played, I think we played Gillingham 37 times. We played Crew 34 times. Which, which team in the Football League have we played the most? I don't know if you know the answer to that. But if not, we can find out, I'm sure. Yeah, that's a, an excellent question. And off the top of my head, no. You'd have to think about clubs who sort of followed our path through the Football League, wouldn't you? Maybe a Fulham or... Uh, yeah, that's what I was saying. We were having a discussion yesterday when you've got about a six and a half hour journey back because of the traffic. <laughs> you think of anything to talk about. And this was uh, this was one of them. And then we went on to play for both club competitions as well. <laughs> so right. someone we'll, we'll have a look at that. Uh, that question for Wednesday maybe it might be a nice nice topic to talk around team selection I think we know there's probably going to be 11 changes deserved as well I think the players will get, get a rest do you think it'll be similar sort of line up to what we had against Wolves under 23s yeah 11 changes I think I think it might be a debut for Tickle would it be his debut league debut uh, sorry, Latics full debut, I think, for Tickle. It'd be interesting to see whether any of those players, the recent signings, I think Bayliss will play. I think Kerr will get another chance. Probably Kerr and Tilt, maybe. Although Long might get a game. Robinson, I'd like to see him have a bit of a run out. Smith, got some options, haven't we? And I, th- I think it's pretty much the players who just haven't been featuring or have only been getting 10, 15 minutes because we need to get some minutes into their legs, like, Liam Richardson said against Sunderland because, as we alluded to before, it's a long season and these players will be needed. So I don't think it's going to be a, a complete young, really, really young side. I think it'll be a bit of a mixture, a blend of youth and experience. I just wonder if, if Joe Bennett might feature good reputation. I've noticed he put a photograph of himself out yesterday in a Lassitz kit. First time I've seen that, really. Someone asked him how close is it, and he said very close. So it might be an opportunity to see him. Yeah, I, th- I think Adam's probably mostly right, though, in that you'll, you know, you're going to see that blend. Uh, yeah, I think you'll see very similar to what you saw against Sunderland. I, I just cast my mind back to that Wolves game, and I think that's what what we're probably looking at. Yeah, but with no game for two weeks, or so one or two of the older Reds might get a run out as well. Anyway, we'll see. So what's our predictions? Go on, Paul, we'll start with you. How do you see this one going? Oh, it's just it's absolute finger in the air for me because I don't know what side we you know, I don't know what side crew we're gonna put out. So I'll go with two nil Latics. Adam? Uh one one Latics win on penalties. I'll go two nil crew. I think it's the first time I've said we're going to lose this season. If you've got to throw, if you've got to throw on throw it in this competition. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we're gonna Progress out our little group, to be honest. So, yeah, we'll go for crew to win. 
We're back on Wednesday where we look forward to the internationals. Hopefully, Will Keane will uh, receive his first cap. I'm no doubt James McLean and Jordan Jones will be adding to those. Until then, what a wonderful feeling it is sitting top of the table. Up the top of the table ticks. Come on. Up the top of the league. Up the ticks.